Moncrief on News Talk. You don't need me to tell you that Storm Debbie has just passed over the country. And as we speak, about 80,000 homes and businesses are where without part one stage this morning um, as the storm made its way through the country overnight and through the early part of today. A state of yellow wind and rain warning for Ireland is in operation until 3pm as parts of the country saw winds of up to 130 kilometres per hour. Schools didn't open until 10am. But the question is, are the weather warnings which were issued last night and through this morning fit for purpose and did they do the job they were supposed to? Carl Nolan is a climatologist at Ireland's Weather Channel and he joins us now. Carl how are you today? I'm very good, Tom. Particularly busy, as you can imagine. I would but say you I'm are. Particularly good. Yes, it, it is very divisive, though, isn't it? There, there, there's there's strong feelings in the public about the the um, coloured warning system. There certainly is, and I suppose look if you look at the reasoning behind some of the concerns, there is, I think, one of the greatest issues at play here is the public perception against the let's say reality, the meteorological perception of the conditions that you're trying to forecast. It's about trying to get that balance right between, I suppose, forewarning the public, but at the same time making sure that the forewarnings that you deliver actually represent the physical meteorological conditions and, of course, the risks involved with these particular meteorological phenomena. Okay, just to remind us, just to go back, when did we first start getting these warnings in Ireland? So the meteorological warnings that we receive based on a colour-coded scheme, obviously yellow, orange and red, they first would have started appearing in Ireland back in 2013. So it was part of a wider push within the European Union. There's a site that was delivered, it was at meteoalarm.eu, it still functions to this day. But it was basically to design a standardised, uniform meteorological warning system based on these colour-coordinated meteorological phenomena across the EU. The difference being, though, is that each meteorological body, so for example, Met Aaron in, in Ireland, Met Office in the UK, uh, Media France, let's say in France, each one of these organisations themselves were responsible for designing, I suppose, the key criteria for the issuing of yellow, orange and red events. So they do differ from country. The key commonality here is that they use the same colour coordinated system. All right, so so a status orange here mightn't be a status orange in France, for instance. Certainly not. So each country has its own criteria. So, for example, let's say for a status red warning in Ireland at the moment, the in terms of wind gusts, we need to see wind gusts exceeding 130 kilometres per hour. So if we're forecasting strictly of that particular criteria to be met, even if we had winds up to 129 kilometres per hour, we would only see a status orange being issued. That could be very different, for example, in France, where if you see wind speeds in excess of 120 kilometres per hour, a status red warning can be issued. It also depends then upon the meteorological agency and whether they go for a more, I suppose, impact-based warning system, which is the case of the UK, or whether we base it strictly off those meteorological criteria. And that's a very important point to I suppose, differentiate between this meeting of certain criteria or the impact-based system that we're trying to move towards now. Right, okay. So, oh God, I have to say now, I, I kind of, when I saw the EU's hand in this, I kind of hoped that something uniform, I'm thinking of the metric system here, you know, it's such a beautiful system. Um, this doesn't sound like the metric system. <laughs> it's certainly not. There are, I suppose, difficulties in terms of even from a meteorological perspective of, let's say, your forecasting a rather large storm that's going to impact multiple countries at the same time. For example, the coordination behind the naming of storms, which is obviously done between three meteorological organisations, the Met Office, 
Metairn and the KNMI in the Netherlands. So, for example, if we're trying to forecast warnings for a particular storm, we might, for example, give a status red warning in Ireland. The same winds in the UK, depending on the specific location, may only receive a status orange warning. And again, it just creates a little bit, I suppose, of um, its difficulty in spreading that uniform okay, message yeah. around certain events. So, yeah. for example, if you had a storm that was impacting the Republic and you issue a status red warning, you could cross the border and it might only be status orange, even though you're experiencing very similar or the same conditions. Wow. I've heard people travelling over the border to pick up, you know, lower cost drink and stuff and cigarettes back in the day, but to go over there to get better weather and lower status warnings uh, is fairly phenomenal. Have we have we the bar set a little bit more slightly low than, than maybe some other countries? I think when it comes to forecasting for, let's say, status red warnings, when it comes to, let's say, wind events, obviously we're talking keeping Storm Debbie in mind. I think our bar is actually quite high on that scale. Uh, I've frequently seen meteorological events, let's say, that occur in Germany, whereby even winds, depending on the location, the time of the year and other factors, when they're considered, we see status red warnings issued when it's in excess of 110 to 115 kilometers per hour. So I think when it comes to storms, obviously our geographical location on the western shores of of Europe, we very much are experienced and used to dealing with such conditions. And indeed, the infrastructure in place in Ireland is very much accustomed to such conditions, whereas obviously storms of a similar magnitude occurring in more densely populated central European countries, they can lead to more, I suppose, economic losses, greater risk to life. And with that, that's reflected in terms of the lower threshold, I think, for some of the meteorological warnings that they receive. OK, I'll give you just some of our, our of our texts coming into it first. One one listener saying, I feel bad for Met Aaron. They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Uh, it's the weather, the carry on of people online complaining that they're not certain is daft. Safety is key. People need to stop the outrage. It's not a legit hobby. So that's Carolina Dublin. That's a good word. That's, a, I better say, one of a few good words coming in. Um, one word about the weather warning alerts for Met Aaron. Middleton, uh, very dramatic one. And then one which is kind of a lot of people I have a feeling are, are feeling along these lines. Can we not get a purple warning for the real storms? It's a, look, they're all very valid comments and we could kind of, we could have a discussion for about half an hour, an hour and each one of them individually if we really went down that route. But first and foremost, the most, I must certainly back up Met Aaron in the context of Storm Debbie. Looking at the conditions, analysing the charts last week, it was a phenomenally difficult storm to predict. We would have seen, I suppose, based on the meteorological charts and the parameters involved, that there was the potential for a storm either through late Sunday night, through to Tuesday, during that window when we would have looked at these charts initially last week. Now, as we progress closer in time, the models did not reflect that and they didn't seem to, I suppose, demonstrate that there was the capabilities of a strong storm on Sunday night into Monday morning. But it was really only on Saturday afternoon that we started to see the models coalesce, developing this clearer picture that there was indeed the potential for a rather severe storm. And if we look at the wind speeds that were predicted off these models, they certainly warranted the status red warnings that were issued across the central swathe of the country last night and into this morning. So it was a phenomenally difficult storm to predict. And I think Medairn's forecast warnings based on the meteorological, I suppose, data that we were seeing, they were certainly justified in this case. One of the constraints with the existing system, and I think it's something that Medairn certainly are analysing at the moment and are likely to change, is that previous we did base our warning strictly off that criteria. Whereas going forward, I think we need to move towards a more impact-based system. And that brings us on to, let's say, the the topic of Middleton, whereby 
at present, the forecast warnings that we issue, they're based on a county by county basis. But when it comes to the granularity, the fine, I suppose, differences between a couple of kilometres meteorologically, when you're trying to forecast a general warning for the county of Cork and given its size and scale, during the floods in Middleton associated with Storm Babette, you could have very much justified issuing a yellow, orange and red category warning in each of the various locations throughout Cork on that given moment in time. So for an agency like Medair to be able to predict a, a status red blanket, let's say, across Cork, economically, you're having a significant impact then on areas that are not going to experience flooding. You're causing a significant amount of, I suppose, just um, frustration amongst the general yeah, public in, term, in terms of the uncertainties, in terms of maybe even the basics of childcare, transport, education within the given county. So I think breaking it down and having more, I suppose, a finer granularity in terms of these forecast warnings, maybe even breaking up the county structure and looking at it maybe in terms of like local election politics, in terms of districts or in terms of townslands. That, I think, is one way forward out of the current, I suppose, malaise that we see around these particular right. warnings. But what, what you're saying there is that Cork, uh, around the Middleton storm, when it hit, it, different areas of the county could have had yellow, other areas could have had orange, other areas could have had red. I mean, that's... That, that seems to be a long way from where we are, at the, we are at the moment. It certainly is. I suppose that's the headache that we were faced with at that given moment in time is you, you're obviously, first and foremost, as a meteorological agency, public safety, public health is primary in terms of being able to, that's, that's your primary focus as a meteorologist is to protect the public. Um, thereafter, you can bring economics into it, but obviously public safety is, is number one, it's paramount. Um, but certainly the system does need to be more flexible in terms of the storm events that we've seen. And I think even, let's say, some of the lessons maybe that were learned from the event in Middleton I think we're put to use last night in terms of the issuing of red warnings too. If we look at the, I suppose, the conclusion in terms of the actual physical parameters, did we see winds exceed 130 kilometers per hour justifying the issues of a status red? We didn't. But there was 100,000 people this morning without electricity. There was multiple downed trees. The storm itself impacted during rush hour traffic. Yeah. The saturated ground, all these factors need to play into the actual issuing of these forecast warnings. And I, I think that it must be commended then in terms of the, the issuing of the forecast warnings today to reflect each one of those factors. Okay, it, it sounds like a work in progress, Carl. And it, I get the impression that it, a move towards the impact system is something that might be on the cards, maybe? It seems to be the case. So even with regards to the World Meteorological Organization, they have generally over the past couple of years tried to, I suppose, get meteorological agencies to go down this particular path. It solves a lot of the, I think, frustration amongst the general public when we get a better degree of communication sure. around what the impacts are going to be. Yeah as opposed to maybe meeting these physical criteria. Okay. I think another area of difficulty is obviously just nowadays the amount of information that's available to the general public when it comes to being able to almost, in an amateur manner, kind of forecast conditions yourself and you're sure. looking at various models and Absolutely. different opinions. Yeah. Whereas, whereas that certainly wasn't the case previously. Okay. Carl, thanks very much for that. Carl Nolan, their uh, climatologist at Ireland's Weather Channel. And I think that frustrations are very much uh, reflected in the text coming into us. You have one Will and Limerick saying, my 89-year-old father who lives alone spent the night awake in his living room because he was afraid to go to bed. That's on the basis of the red warning. Um, there are trees he was worried could fall in his bedroom. What really happened was his wheelie bin was blown over. Then another listeners saying large trees are down in Klonski and Ramla this morning. Nobody injured due to the warnings. And uh, what about many people saying things like, uh, what about when I when I walked to school in a blizzard 20 years 
years ago, I and everyone else was fine. I was saying the same outside. I used to get on my bike and go to UCD. Regard, I didn't listen to the radio, just got on the bike. Some days I cycled through snow, other days I didn't. Um, what can I say? Um, they use magenta warnings on oil rigs where the proverbial, you know what, hits the fan. Thank you very much for that. For the text, 53106. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.